This is Beat the Closing Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host, Nicole Russo, alongside only one resident <laughs> NFL analyst for the Lions.com, Eli Hershkovich today. So we're probably going to have a little bit quicker of a show than you guys are used to, but I believe Mo told us that he is walking a nature reserve or something or like a nature path. So we're just going to let him namaste with whatever he's doing. <laughs> and we're going to talk some football today. So as always, we take a look at opening lines, discuss how we think those lines might move closer to game time and what bets we like for NFL week 10. I cannot believe it's already week 10. But before we dive into the discussion, make sure, as always, to give this video a thumbs up, a like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you are listening to us as a podcast, then make sure to subscribe to the Beat the Closing Lines pod. And on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review for your chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card. The guys are currently 21-14-1 with their against-the-spread picks on the podcast so far. Eli, tell us how week nine went for you. Yeah, we picked it back up. I can't tell you, Nicole, how crazy Monday night was for me <laughs> because I was monitoring Ravens Saints and then college basketball got going. So just a, yeah. a wild, wild 24 hours. But good week nine for me. Texans second half did not hit. So I didn't start off <laughs> super hot. But Jags plus two came through, Lions plus four, and then the Commanders plus three and a half. I'm telling you, Washington is giving me good vibes of late. I mean, I am shocked. I looked at today's notes that the commanders did not make the list. Are they on a bye? No, they're playing <laughs> on Monday night, but we are not. That's it's a great point. I, I feel like it was a little hateful, a little uh, bit of a hateful comment there, but we'll move past that. Yes, they, they did not make the list, Nicole. I apologize. No, I was very excited for you while I was watching that game. I was I was very proud of us. Um, I believe. I, I, you deserved, you deserved that win. And before we get into football, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you mentioned it before college basketball, you have a new podcast out. So let the listeners know about that before we move on to today's slate of games. Yeah. So Scott Phillips and I, Scott covered college basketball over at NBC sports for over a decade. And now we're doing a college basketball betting podcast together. You can check it out. It's all on the lines podcast feed to so just subscribe where you get this podcast. Like Nicole mentioned earlier, leave a five-star review and you'll be able to give it a listen. It's all futures, our national title picks looking uh, down and up the national title odds board and looking at a conference futures bet too. So a lot of fun went one and one on Monday night, a big time sweat in the <laughs> discord channel to, to wrap up the night that we cashed in the final 20 or 30 seconds of that game. So pretty grateful late Monday night for me. I know it's an exciting time for you with college basketball being back. Um, before we get into uh, your week 10 bets, we're just going to take a look at some notable line movement so far this week. So the Bills opened minus nine on Sunday night. This is now down to as low as Bills minus six. Obviously, we saw that Josh Allen did sustain an elbow injury in that game against the Jets. By the way, that game closed minus 10 and a half with the Jets plus 410 on the money line. So if you took the Jets there. Congratulations. Allen is still uncertain for the game against Minnesota this weekend. Eli, are you taking a look at betting this one potentially? Yeah, by the way, this might be the Case Keenum-Stefan Diggs revenge game for Buffalo if Josh Allen does sit. I'm I'm considering the Bills if we get any sort of positive news about Allen, but then again, the line might jerk the other direction back towards Buffalo if 
there is any sort of positivity there with, with the elbow. But just looking at this Vikings team, yet another one score win. We touch on it every week, so I feel like I had to if I wasn't going to talk about the Commanders <laughs> on this podcast. But no bet for me yet on the Bills-Vikings game. I think Mo calls them the most fraudulent team with their record. Also the Jets, though. He may he might call a few of the teams the most fraudulent teams with winning records. Um <laughs> Other notable line movements, the Dolphins opened at minus five. They are now down to minus four against the Browns. The Raiders opened as three and a half point favorites against the Colts. This is now all the way up to minus six and a half. We now know at the time of filming this that the Colts fired head coach Frank Reich, naming Jeff Saturday an interim coach. I personally am not sure how I feel about this team now that they have Ellinger and a high school football coach um, leading the reins, but that's just my personal opinion. I was a little... Shocked by that announcement. Uh, Cowboys opened three and a half point favorites against the Packers now up to minus five and a half. And the 49ers were bet up from minus four and a half to minus seven against the Chargers on Sunday night football. Any final comments about those line movements before we take it into your first bet of the week? No, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly. You have a high school football coach (laughs) for the Colts and then you have a high school quarterback essentially in Sam Ellinger that can't move the ball. 15-plus yards down the field for an explosive pass play. I made the mistake of backing the Colts a couple weeks ago against the Commanders. <laughs> Granted, they they almost covered and almost won outright within the final minute of that game. The one time I don't I don't back Washington this season. But, but other <laughs> than that... They pay for it. Right. They, they really did. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. But no other bets for me within that crop just yet. See, that's how I, I get this wrong every time, but like that's how memorable Sam is for the Colts that I don't even think I pronounce his name correctly. I also don't think like half of the NFL crew pronounce his name correctly because I believe I said Ellinger. I think it might be Ellinger, but uh, Ellinger, at this, yeah. it is it is what it is. Sam E. We're just going to call him Sam E. All right. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. All right. First bet of the week, we have the Browns coming in a well-rested after a week nine bye to face the Miami Dolphins, who barely held on last weekend in a crazy 35-32 game against the Bears, where they were just absolutely on fire. The Browns are currently plus four in this matchup. Eli, why do you like the underdog here? Yeah, so taking a step back, you mentioned Browns and Dolphins already. I lied a bit. I do like the Cleveland Browns at plus four, and this line is actually trickling down a bit. It was down to plus three and a half this morning, so Miami laying a little over a field goal. But looking at this Dolphins team, you mentioned it with Minnesota, how Mo thinks the Vikings are a bit fraudulent. I, I feel the same way with the Miami Dolphins. Granted, they upgraded their front seven with getting Bradley Chubb around the trade deadline. But Miami with another one-score victory, this time over the Bears on Sunday. That's three straight one-score wins against 
two other below average teams and way down there on the list in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions. And while they outgained all three of those opponents in yards per play, this defense is still a major issue, giving up the ninth highest yards per play, ninth most yards per play across the NFL. So I think they're a little bit overvalued in the betting market. And you mentioned it with Cleveland coming off the bye week. This is still a Dolphins team that is very banged up in the secondary with Brandon Jones, their safety, and Byron Jones, one of their other starting cornerbacks. He's also going to be out for this game. And Miami, I mentioned how they're giving up a, a lot of yards per play through the air and just overall They're also allowing the fourth highest drop back expected points added. So how efficient quarterbacks are in terms of making explosive and efficient plays. And while the Dolphins did upgrade their front seven with Bradley Chubb, like I mentioned, their run defense still has gotten exposed against mobile quarterbacks. Now, I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is that because he's he's not (laughs) Lamar Jackson. He's not Justin Fields like we saw last week. But this Cleveland Browns, zone rushing scheme is one of the most elite rushing units in the NFL and they get an upgrade in their offensive line with Wyatt Teller coming back after the bye Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt well rested I think Cleveland has success on the ground I think Jacoby Brissett is able to set up this run game through the air against a very exploitable Dolphins pass defense you're also getting David and Joku back their tight end expected to come back And he also helps within their run-blocking scheme and also is another target for Brissett through the air. And this Browns pass defense, don't look now, but they're coming around a little bit of late. They're getting Denzel Ward back after the bye week two. Should be getting back one of their other starting linebackers that's big in pass coverage, especially against opposing running backs. And this is a Miami team that runs the eighth highest passing percentage across the NFL. So, Mike McDaniel wants to throw it a lot with Tua. I think the Browns off the bye, healthy secondary, healthy defense should be pretty much healthy defense. Overall, also should be able to get pressure with either Clowney or Garrett. I like the Browns to keep this thing within a field goal and potentially win outright. I will say I like the Browns in this spot too, but I got to give credit to Mike McDaniel for some of these press conferences. I believe he was like, I just wanted Justin Fields to stop scrambling. And he just wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> and I do like a coach that can, uh, Sweet that talk. Has, yeah, has a little bit of humor too, but I like the Browns here as well in that Miami Chicago game. The bears trampled Miami when it came to rushing yards, they had 252 yards on the ground with obviously 178 of those coming from Justin Fields alone, but Cleveland averages over 160 rushing yards per game. So I think that's going to be an issue here for Miami again as well. But also part of me must be a glutton for punishment because I'm also taking a look at the over. I did this last week and it did not work out for me very well, but I kind of like the over 48 and a half here because the Dolphins have put up a combined 66 points in their last two games. The Browns putting up 52 in their last two games. They're coming in off of a bye. Like you said, this, this Miami secondary is banged up. So I do think that Cleveland's going to be able to score. And then I'm hoping for some garbage time points from Miami. So I like the Browns here plus four, but I also kind of like the over any, any thoughts you want to talk me off of it? I thought you were going to go with the Jacoby Brissett rushing yards over prop, whatever it opens (laughs) up at, considering what Fields did last week. This is a Brissett revenge game, but I agree. If I was to bet either side of the total, I I would go over a little inflated, maybe at 48 and a half, but still probably the way to look if Cleveland's able to have success on the ground and they should have success through the air too, like I mentioned. 
Ooh, look at us agreeing. Kumbaya. Maybe it's because Mo's not here. Maybe, you know, we're getting along a little bit better. Um, all right. Next That's game. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's Mo's fault. Next game, <laughs> final game of the slate. Told you guys it's going to be a little bit shorter of a show today. Um, we're taking a look at Packers Cowboys. So before the season, the Packers were actually listed at four point favorites at home against the Cowboys. They now sit at about five to five and a half point underdogs with a three and six record coming off of a loss to the Detroit Lions. That was a tough one last weekend. Eli, you haven't bet this one yet, but you are considering taking the Packers in this spot. So tell us a little bit more. Looking at a bunch of different reasons why you theoretically shouldn't bet the Packers. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers ranks 22nd in the NFL in dropback expected points added. So dropback EPA plus completion percentage over expected CPOE. So how efficient is the quarterback not looking at the defenses that he's faced, just how efficient is the quarterback in terms of his completion percentage. And it's adjusted with a bunch of different other factors that go into whether a pass should or shouldn't be completed. And the only quarterbacks that are behind him in that metric are Kenny Pickett, starting quarterbacks that is this season, Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones. I threw Trubisky in, even though he isn't (laughs) a starting quarterback anymore, just to take a shot at your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Yeah, sorry about that. Zach Wilson... And Davis Mills. And the Cowboys have a top 10 defense pretty much in every single metric this season. They also have a top 10 rushing offense. And this is a bottom five Packers rushing defense in terms of EPA against the run and success rate against the run as well. But with all that being said, I still think this is a buy low spot here with the Packers. Keep in mind going back to the game last week against the Lions. The Packers still outgained the Lions in yards per play, just a couple of first half turnovers that really killed them. I I can't believe how just lethargic that pass was from Rodgers to Bakhtiari on that fourth and goal where he just tossed it up there (laughs) and and the rookie defensive end made the interception for the Lions. Just not used to seeing that from Aaron Rodgers, not used to seeing these poor stats, but just a a big time by low spot here, potentially for Green Bay. Haven't pulled the trigger yet. Season's on the line. Everything's on the line for the Packers in a must-win spot. So with that, again, with that in mind, might have to consider the Packers at, at five or five and a half or see if this gets up to six. Yeah, for me, uh, there's just the Packers had so many injuries in that last game. So it's just a pass for me here because you have outside linebacker Rashawn Gary has the torn ACL cornerback. Eric Stokes sustained knee and ankle injuries. Aaron Jones had ankle injuries. Now LaFleur said Jones might play, but he's still not sure. So I do know that this is a must win spot for the Packers. I'm just not sure they're healthy enough for me to get there, but I do see where you're where you're coming from. Um any final thoughts here before we wrap up today's show? No, it's it's a good point. Just going back to the the Packers front seven without Gary. I mean, if you can't rush, get pressure on Prescott. If you can't cover these Cowboys receivers without Stokes, and you would expect Jones to play. There just seems to be a disconnect with this Packers team. And like I mentioned, the spot. So not saying I'm pull the, pulling the trigger just yet. Go to the lines.com later in the week to see if it's in. 
my best bets column. I'll, I'll say it every week. I hate the uh, hate the card this week, Nicole. <laughs> I was going to say, when we first started talking about this game, I wasn't sure if I got your bet wrong because you seem to be <laughs> taking the other side of it. But like Eli said, all of his picks will be on thelines.com and you usually tweet them out as well. So make sure you are following Eli on Twitter and following his new college basketball pod, which is on our feed. So make sure you're doing all of that. And if you are betting this weekend, as always, good luck with your bets. Eli and I will be back on Thursday with a special guest. We will see you then.